is Bloomberg Surveillance. Now there's something we can call the big three of world oil, and two of them aren't in OPEC. One is Russia, and the other is, in fact, the United States. If the Fed can possibly justify a rate hike in June, they'll go ahead and do so. Monetary policy is very good at influencing the business cycle. Monetary policy is not very good at influencing structural impediments to growth. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. In eventful morning, Michael McKee and Tom King, two meetings, not one, not two, almost a hat trick of meetings in Vienna. Actually, there is a hat trick of meetings. Orion Chilcoat is in Vienna covering Vienna OPEC. He'll probably have a meeting with a, a coffee shop in Vienna today. Uh, but OPEC there seriously with important meetings. Oil right now a little soggy, 49.23 on Brent. We had a 50 print five hours ago. Michael Ferroli with us with J.P. Morgan. Obviously, he and all monitoring Draghi with the Euro, 111.91, and this setting us up for the jobs uh, report tomorrow. Alan Kruger, Bill Gross, and Jim Glassman scheduled to join us uh, tomorrow. We are thrilled to have Mr. Ferroli's colleague, one James Glassman, with us uh, tomorrow. The Forex Brief this morning is brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Forex traders focus on tightness of spreads if cost matters. Visit IBKR.com. Slash Forex to learn about their Forex ECN. It includes 14 of the largest interbank dealers. 111.91 on Euro. The yen stronger and now much stronger. 108.76. That's a big move over the last three days. 108.76. Nowhere near breaking down through support to an ever stronger level. But nevertheless, 108.74 gets my attention. Dollar can't get a bid this morning. Just a jumble among the main currencies. Uh, looking at Euro sterling, my Brexit remain uh, uh, a statistic, 0.774. We'll be quoting that a lot through June. Euro sterling, 0.774. Mike, that's less than one pound. That's like 0.774 pence per euro, Right. You do the math. I think uh, it you're, is. You're on top of it. I'm on top of it. I think I just did. That was the worst Forex brief I've ever done. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> we say good morning to interactive brokers and my deepest sympathies. I'll have to figure out Point seven seven four pence. Fortunately, we have somebody <laughs> smarter than both of us. Who yeah. I'm doing the math in my head, and it sounds right. It sounds right to me. Joining us, the Oracle of Equities, David Wilson. Oracle. Cute, Tom. Cute. Nice sort of segue there since Oracle is the first stock to talk about today. Shares are down 3%. A former senior finance manager filed a whistleblower lawsuit against the business software maker uh, yesterday. The uh, plaintiff, Svetlana Blackburn, claimed she was told to inflate revenue from Oracle's cloud computing services. That isn't going over well. Uh, you've got Costco Wholesale's uh, May sales figures, and they aren't going over well either. That stock down 1.5% uh, sales at the largest U.S. warehouse club chain's locations open more than a year were unchanged in May. And it's expected the uh, same store sales to rise 9 tenths of a percent on average. May sales, though, uh, well received from L Brands. That stock up 2%. Uh, sales at the owner of Victoria's Secret and other retailers were also unchanged last month. The difference there is that analysts were looking for a drop of 3.5% on average for L Brands, same-store sales. 
couple of analysts calls of note. Franklin Resources down 2%. The company that runs the Franklin Templeton Mutual Funds was cut to sell from neutral UBS. The firm said a 12-month share price estimate of $28, the lowest of 11 analysts in the Bloomberg survey. And Progressive's down 1.5%. The auto and home insurer was lowered to sell from neutral at Citigroup, which said Progressive's growth may come at the expense of profitability. We have a deal in the software business. Click yes. Technologies up 4.5%. That's Click Q-L-I-K, which also happens to be their Q- ticker symbol. What? Q-L-I-K. Anyway, they accepted a $3 billion takeover offer from the private equity firm Toma Bravo. Deal valued at $30.50 a share. Uh, bear in mm. mind, Click stock tumbled 10% Tuesday after a Reuters report said Toma Bravo would offer $30 a share. Right. And this is stock that closed last week at thirty one ninety four. We say good morning, Radnor, Pennsylvania, in Click Q-L-I-K. You're not a tech Click. company unless you spell your company name weirdly. Well, then there's Sienna, which is C-I-E-N-A, and that stock's up 11.5%. They make fiber optic equipment. Fiscal second quarter earnings and revenue beating estimates. Uh, shares mm-hmm. of other fiber optic companies and also higher. Infinera and Oclero, to name two. Just to bring this up with you, because you're so good at it, Goldman Sachs, with not a markdown on Apple, but nevertheless a mid-course adjustment is what we we saw. People are beginning to tweak Apple into the summer is they stagger forward into a new product cycle, aren't they? Yeah, and then there's the question of how long that product cycle is going to be in the sense that... three uh, year, Was it three years now? Well, that's sort of the speculation that Apple's going to stretch it out. Traditionally, at least in the last several years, they have introduced uh, new models of iPhones you, on a two-year cycle. Have you ever done this? I have not. I, folks, I, and I, I wish I could make up a story, Mike, like, oh, I was in a bar. My iPhone is shattered. Yeah, it, I noticed it's, that. It's, it's, you, you need to, uh, you need to stimulate the U.S. economy. And now a contest to make up the best story for how I shattered uh, my anyway, iPhone. No, I only have a hairline crack in mine that fell on the Well, that's uh, very good. Yeah, Two no. more stories, quick. Well, okay, quick. Box down 8.5%. Fiscal first quarter growth in billions at the online data storage company Trail Projections. And Joy Global up 8.5%. The right. mining equipment maker had an unexpected <clears throat> profit in the fiscal second quarter, even though revenue totaled right. 26%. David Wilson, thank you so much. Michael McKee, you've talked to Bullard Locker recently. Why don't you bring in good Dr. Ferroli? Well, uh, doctor, um, there seems to be <laughs> Michael Ferroli is a chief U.S. economist at J.P. Morgan Chase. There seems to be a, a, a view among uh, – faction of Fed bank presidents that we are better off by uh, the Fed raising rates sooner rather than later. There seem to be two schools of thought. One is that you have to get ahead of inflation, which is certainly arguable given uh, the inflation rate. And the other is that uh, we are seeing distortions in markets and in uh, the economy from uh, rates too close to the zero bound. Does either uh, have resonance with you? Uh, I would say both to some degree. Um, in terms of the former, uh, you know, Milton Friedman had this old saying that uh, monetary policy affects the economy and inflation with long and variable lag. So you're right, we're not seeing a whole lot of inflation now, but I think in a perfect world, you'd be setting rates today for where you think inflation and the economy will be, say, a year from now, which, you know, you look forward to a year and it's not all that, you know, inconceivable that inflation could be becoming more of a problem. Uh, so I think, you know, the kind of gradual, cautious approach they are taking seems sensible in that regard to get ahead of it but not act too rashly because we, you know, we just don't know where things like the natural rate of unemployment are. Um, in terms of uh, financial stability risks, I guess 
They're maybe a little less convinced just because I haven't seen, you know, really strong evidence that raising rates does head off that risk. But, you know, it, it is interesting that you have some people like, you know, like Rosengren, for instance, coming out recently and saying, you know, hey, this is this is a good reason to, to kind of keep the process going. I'm not as convinced on that aspect, but I do think that, you know, kind of taking a gradual step, thinking about future inflation does seem to be consistent with kind of, you know, traditional central banking, I think. Don, uh, Dan Terullo took exception to that view today, suggesting the benefits are still greater to uh, keeping interest rates unchanged, that we will see improvements in employment and wages if rates stay lower. Uh, yeah. Uh, you buy any of that? Yeah, no, I mean, I think he makes some reasonable points about, you know, as I said, things like the nat- we don't know where the natural rate of unemployment is, so maybe it's 4.5% instead of 5 in which case – we can kind of let things run hot for a little longer. But I don't think, you know, raising rates once every six months kind of precludes the possibility of, you know, seeing the unemployment rate fall even further. I think what it does say is, all right, if, if it is four and a half or, or even four, when we get to that point, we're not going to be, you know, at zero or very near zero and yeah. have to catch up a lot. So I think, you know, kind of somewhere in between, you know, saying, hey, we know where the natural rate is, and therefore we got a hike. Versus saying we don't know, so right. we wait until inflation. Something in between seems to be, you know, reasonable. Michael, I got a 60-year chart of the inflation-adjusted five-year in front of me, and as a general statement, the real rate was two percent in the 60s. Think Mad Men. Mm-hmm. The real rate was three percent or 2.9 percent in the 90s, and now we're rolled over to where we're just barely by a smidgen positive. This is not normal, right? Well, <laughs> or with the Feroli, the acclaimed Feroli. Can can we go to Stockholm when you get your Nobel Prize? Um, the, the acclaimed Feroli terminal level is this what we need to get used to? I think to a certain degree it probably is. Uh, now, maybe not exactly where we are, but uh, uh, but if we can get back to 60s or 90s level growth, then we can get real rates back to you know two percent. But there's nothing in the you know constitution mm-hmm. saying it's you know your birthright that. Uh, what that do retirees do? I got 20 seconds. What do retirees do? Um, I, you know, I, I think they're in a in a tough position. A lot of people are in 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 tough positions okay. given the way the economy evolves. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a personal financial advisor, but yeah. I think this is this just. Well, uh, we'll do that. We'll do that next interview. Michael Feroli, thank you, thank you so much, Michael Feroli, J.P. Morgan. Now we're going to check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. President Barack Obama will address the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs today. White House officials say the president plans to discuss security challenges facing the U.S and the role the next generation of service members will play in protecting the country. Hillary Clinton will unleash a major foreign policy attack on Donald Trump today, using a speech in San Diego to cast the Republican as unqualified. The German parliament has overwhelmingly approved a motion labeling the 1915 killings of Armenians by Ottoman Turks as genocide. It comes at a time as Germany and Turkey are trying to work out a deal on curbing the flow of refugees into Europe.
Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Michael Barr, thanks so much. Let's do a quick data check here. Equities, bonds, currencies, commodities. Good morning nationwide in your cars as you're listening. Futures negative 7, Dow futures negative 55. The yield, lower yield, 1.83%. The euro, 111.82. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Market Driver is brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit sectorspdrs.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF.